0: So much
1: for worshiping, for worshiping with us, and we'll pass some time past. Thank you, Matthias. Well, family, the Lord Jesus said to the disciples on the hillside in Galilee, "Go into all the world and make disciples." And that's what we're going to be talking about today, and talking to a missional leader who is a disciple. Dr. Johnson, if you are in the room, would you unmute yourself at this time and come on our screen? We are so glad to have you. For the rest of you who are logging in, would you please stay muted for us as we have this wonderful interview with our eighth president, Dr. Johnson, if you will unmute and come on the screen at this time. I am, I am my president. Greetings to everyone. Greetings to you, too. What a joy. And it's so good to have you on this busy, busy Tuesday. Thank you for being here. Yes. Well. Amen. I know you aspire to be a university president. I don't know if you've ever aspired to be a TV president, but today you are. Well, thank you so much. It's incredible to have you. Well, let's get right into this conversation. I've been knowing you, Dr. Johnson, for probably 10 plus years. And you've always been uh, uh, an amazing spirit for me uh, in the work of the kingdom. And so I want to start off the year. I wanted to dive into the mind of a missional leader as we set the course and talk about January, this new beginning. And we think about missions as a university, and what the calling of God may be for us in uh, in our lives. First question I would ask you is: As a Christian professional, when did you first recognize your calling to higher Christian education? Oh wow, my brother! Um, you know, you, you, you guys are be ask, asking layered questions, and I'm not sure that 30 minutes will allow us. <laughs>
2: Follow my senior year in a small place called John C. Smith University. I think I must have been 22 years old. Mm. And from the moment uh, that I was born again, uh, the Lord progressively uh, sort of put me on a pathway. So becoming a middle school teacher turned into wanting to be a college prof- uh, professor,
3: and professor turned into wanting to be a scholar. And in between that time and then uh, while I was pursuing a PhD, becoming an administrator, but I will say when the specific call Mm. in relation to Christian higher education really came, uh, when I was in graduate school, when I began to learn that there were Christian institutions that, uh, first of all, let me just say candidly, I'm first
2: generation, uh,
3: Mm. um, and that means that I didn't come from a pedigree, I came from... uh, his word through fellowship with his believers uh to his holy spirit um uh, that always has been there and so in grad school when i learned that there were christian institutions of christian higher education i was like lord i want to be there and uh, frankly i even had, uh, uh you know sort of uh, very intimate knowings about that's uh, ultimately the destination and needless to say uh um, throughout the period of my sort of uh, growth as a professional and as a Christian, um, as doors open and as doors close, uh, it just became crystallized. So I would say uh, that that's important, but I will make a point uh, that there were two pivotal dates when it was really uh, important for me, one of which was June 26, 2003, I had recently received a PhD. And I recall, and I have, I'm I'm a big journaler, and I began to journal and chronicle in my personal journal, uh, really sort of, you know, what it would mean to be a leader in Christian higher education. How would I share with other first-generation students just the reality of how the Lord can help you become successful with your career. And ironically, on that very same day, the, uh, the Congress of the United States, and I had no idea until later, had, Um, identified October as Christian Higher Education Month. Mm. It was only years later. I look back at that moment. I was like, wait a minute. On the very day, I'm journaling about this. And then uh, for those who uh, as I share at different times, on September 10, 2001, which was the evening uh, before the uh, the tragic tragedy in New York and in Washington and several other places, um, I frankly uh, had a dream vision Uh, Mm. for those who uh, uh, believe in that uh, I uh, I, I had a vision of the apartments that my wife and I were living in, that one burned to the ground, one remained, and I was walking around like, what happened? What happened? And at the end of that vision, I was sort of uh, speaking and preaching to a Christian and our sort of audience. I couldn't understand. I really felt like I was speaking to two audiences, and those are really two signal moments but I will tell most, uh, and particularly students, uh, you know, God doesn't give everybody those kind of visions, but more importantly, those visions are are consistent with what he was doing practically in my life in terms of the degrees I was receiving, the books I was writing, the places I was going. So um, it's always progressive, so you always sort of take all of that in, I don't want anybody thinking that you'll get a dream, or you'll get these things, and that's what you follow. All of that is built on uh, my own personal relationship with the Lord, uh, my own attention to Bible reading, my own attention to His hand, and what He's doing in my life, and sometimes He does break those sort of crystal uh, 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 confirmations, if you
1: will. Thank you so much for that profound answer, and I like uh, in particularly How you've had these landmarks or these pivotal moments throughout the journey where God has affirmed and confirmed over and over again what he's been doing in you. You know, as I read the scriptures like you, we see all sorts of missional leaders through all 66 books. And one thing I've noticed, Brother President, they have in common. They all have struggles or they all have problem areas or issues. What's something in your Pass as a university president that if you could do something different, you would go back and change or do differently. Yeah, I saw that question,
3: brother, and you know personally, I don't uh, believe that you. Uh, I would do something different because I believe all things work together for good, and mm. uh, If I change something differently and got that right, I might not be where I'm at now. Okay. Uh, Talk with believers and students. I believe God uses it all. I mean, He uses. You know, we talk about what failure is. Well, failure is only a failure if you don't get the lesson out of it. Um, I like to talk mm. about the blessing right? The, you know, the way you approach a situation. Um, it really
2: says more about uh, not the situation, but really about you. Uh, but what I think everybody mm. aspires to. Think about your pasts. I wish I was as uh, mature as I am now with a number of different
3: situations. Uh, but um, I'll make some mistakes here, and then in 15 years from now, uh, that I will be able to handle uh, uh, and, uh, those differently. But more than I can give an example of. Obviously, I was at Tuskegee University. Uh, prior to coming here, I was the seventh president, I was a young president, I was age 40. Uh, And I do think uh, when you are a president uh, in any situation and circumstance, you are a public figure. Uh, And uh, I can tell you that one of the things that I tell all of my students is not to uh, worry about whether you'll be successful, but really Mm. pay attention to preparing for that success. And I can tell you that uh, in this position, I know that a lot of people may react to the president, right? Like, you know, we make decisions that affect your pay and affect whether we're, you're going to be in person or out of uh, person. And one of the things I've had to learn is really understanding that a lot of people, their reactions are really not about you. but <laughs> It's really more about their selves, mm-hmm. what their needs are. And so as a younger president, obviously, I was not as, I would say, empathetic to these, you know, people tweet you on Twitter and saying negative and mean things, and, you know, I tend to be someone like, you know, I want to engage, I want to explain to people, but I have to realize that when you're in leadership, uh, everyone is not going to always be privy to all mm. of the issues that you are aware of. Uh, it's very easy sit in the seats that many of you sit and you are not as familiar uh, with all of the considerations and all of the people and stakeholders and emails and phone calls and one of the things um, that i understood about being younger in leadership if i was 40 then i'm 48 now is the tendency to want people to have to share that burden but Frankly, uh, to, everyone can't share that burden. Mm-hmm. Uh, you cannot uh, hope to share something with people and they can understand it, frankly, depending on the situation. You can sit down uh, with a student and they don't want to hear about net tuition revenue. They want to hear, uh, <laughs> I yeah. my air conditioner fixed. Right. So I think wisdom in understanding what people need to know uh, and, 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 and whether they can receive it or not. And all that is grounded in the Holy scriptures. The Bible tells us you, you don't really give that which is holy to the dogs. And you have to be wise as a serpent and harmless as a dove. In other words, uh, if, if the information that you're communicating will lead to only further confusion or even further uh, uh, consternation for that individual, sometimes silence is best. And wisdom dictates that. So I think we all roll in. Uh, the the how we communicate, when we communicate, and the timing of communication. And I would say that that example of being at Tuskegee as opposed to trying to respond to everything, I think uh, now I've learned to uh, not try to respond to everything. Uh, First of all, not God, but also to make sure that you trust and you have great teammates like yourself who are in roles uh, who should be able to respond and also provide leadership in their own areas as well so that those responses don't have to be uh, managed uh, purely through me. And I would say that that's in keeping with the leadership principle that I had at Tuskegee. I have here. Um, I don't believe in a one-pole leadership. I don't believe that the university president is the answer to all good things. I believe in a multi-pole leadership. Mm -hmm. I have one pole, our campus can't be so broad. Uh, if I have multiple polls, we will be able to have a much more expanded uh, campus. And that's exactly what I'm trying to build, and that's exactly what I want. So uh, we're all in this together, and uh, I would say that's, that's a, a, a summary of, of, the, of the mistakes that I would read you, but I generally don't believe in that principle.
1: That's a great response and profound. My, my next question I was going to ask was about the faith and integration, but you've already woven that into our discussion. So thank you for that. But my next question is, I know um, you are somebody who has many mentors, either by books or personalities that you aspire to. For me, I'm the same way. I love D.L. Moody, the great evangelist. Of course, Dr. King, my dad, the apostle Paul. These were lives and men that I studied, uh, written about, in, in school, and I know one in particular. I've read some of these writers, and I'm fascinated by your insights into the life of the great um, uh, B.T. Booker T. Washington. Talk to us a little bit about that. What was the most profound lesson you can take from B.T.'s life? Yeah.
3: I consider him to be one of the greatest presidents of all time. Um, He served as the first president I served as the seventh. My first encounter did not come when I was at Tuskegee, but more so when I did my research for the books I wrote on his sort of adversary, which is William Edward Burghardt Du Bois, who is uh, long considered to be uh, just also an important leader. Uh, but one of the things I knew about both of which and uh, frankly even though I had wrote books on the boys, was that frankly, you know Du Bois, uh, he considered it himself and all of his biographers including my book on him, uh, he was largely agnostic. Uh, the Bois grew up in the faith and did many wonderful things but, it's, uh, but uh, eventually uh, and, and in keeping with his uh, decision to uh abandon or leave off all of religion and faith uh, i ultimately um, did not wish to take such a role so um in exploring the life of Booker t washington most people didn't know he was and trained booker t washington hardly ever talked about scriptures you know your job is to preach the gospel we're all called to preach the gospel mm-hmm. but many of us aren't paid just to preach the gospel and so booker t washington's life was more built on the principles of God and um, and, and integrity. Um, he talked a great deal about uh, well, you know, you can talk about what your profession is, like your job, but uh, I don't really care what you say. But your work will speak in mm. excellence. Yeah. And it will not. Yeah. That's going to speak more loudly. Uh, we invited Baraka here. He made a quite profound point. He said, "Evangelism." Uh, uh, excellence is the best evangelist mm-hmm. so if you're an excellent in what you do uh, that's going to be one of the clearest professions of your faith in christ so for me for bush washington it was his commitment to being a great university president a commitment to providing resources for his institution and and, and all of that letting his witness be seen through his works and so i took uh uh, those leadership lessons and applied them at Tuskegee, applied them now. I wrote commentaries on his life. And I'm always stunned that uh, his family members, uh, uh, people who reach out and read those commentaries because uh, it's really unique. Because there are a lot of books on Booker T. Washington, but there's really few books about him and commentaries from the standpoint of a university pre- pre- president, mm-hmm. which is frankly the primary role he held as a national leader. So I will say that uh, that's his primary influence on me, that he believed in excellence and that excellence. Um, and even when he did do Sunday evening chats and chapel services, uh, he was excellent in the pulpit. Most people weren't uh, aware of that, but more importantly, he was excellent in his role as a university president. And so that's his primary uh, influence on me.
1: Wow. I, and I know you believe this. I do, too. Excellence matters when God has called you to a task. And uh, everything we do, we do for an audience of one. Amen? Johnson and Amen. So profound. So if we can have uh, whoever's in the, the chat to please mute, mute themselves. Uh, please mute yourself. Thank you so much. Brother President, uh, what, one final question for you. One final question for you. Uh you. Thank you for muting yourself. Charisse. Appreciate that. <laughs> the Zoom world. We're learning all about how to Zoom and do chapel together. And it's an amazing experience. Brother President, I'm going to synthesize uh, these last two questions together. I think they'll bless us. Number one, everybody would like to know how their university president exercises spiritual formation every day in your own life. What's your quiet time and prayer life and things like that like with God, and what would you consider your greatest success as a husband and a dad and a disciple of Jesus Christ? Work those together for me. Yeah,
3: yeah. Well, thank you for that. Uh, everybody obviously would love to know uh, every aspect, and I do think it's important. Uh, you know, first of all, uh, and I think uh, my executive most closely with me, uh, I am deeply committed to, first of all, uh, the reading of his word on a daily basis, Uh, and that doesn't For me, uh, the meditation of uh, His word, day and night, is of uh, paramount importance. Uh, I believe, obviously, we need knowledge, we need knowledge of finances, we need knowledge of enrollment, but you really need the deeper truths Help you with decisions that you encounter. Mm. Um, And then I think you have to saturate that in prayer. Um, I think, regardless of what you are doing and your role at an institution or your role in life, it is very easy to get into life and get excited that you go to prayer and you're like, God, I'm ready to do this. But I've learned to do the very opposite. Uh, I've learned to do as Solomon, Lord. you have shared some things in your Bible, you have shared some things you want me to share with my leadership team, but most importantly, I need, you, uh, I need your grace. Uh, I come down before the throne of your grace. Uh, first, to attain mercy, All right, Because uh, without respect to how uh, Christian one is, there's always inward challenges, and flaws, or thoughts, mm. or uh, discrepancies, and even your actions, and the words spoken, uh, so for me, all that synthesizes and integrates into a spirit led life in a practical way for those who are not believing. Yeah, uh, my, my Myers Briggs, if anyone wants to know, is I'm a natural introvert, uh, which tend to leads itself to uh, a life of inward reflection inward, in my case, communion with the Lord. I don't believe in prayer and reading the Bible like a morning activity, I believe that. The, uh, throughout the day, when I can play worship music, mm. um, I got worship music on. If I'm not in a meeting or if I'm uh, even, but I, I do know how to have fun and enjoy myself, and uh, I uh, like and enjoy jazz music as well, and can go to a football game and watch for my son. Uh, but for me, going uh, well, spiritual formation is a, a constant daily activity mm. throughout the day. Whenever one has an opportunity to do that. Frankly, um, I don't think it's a very public activity. Um, I think it pours itself out in the wisdom of your decisions and it pours itself out in your fruitfulness. One of the things I like to talk a lot about, um, you know, I used to grow up, I was very, uh, very much interested in gifts. Uh, to um, are, the gifts aren't really the sign of maturity in a believer. Uh, uh what's really the sign of maturity are, are the fruits of the spirit, mm. Churches, chapter 5, verse 22, the love, and the joy, and the peace, mm-hmm. of all suffering. So, yeah. for me, my entirety of my day is to, to as best as possible. Um, to aspire to that Christian maturity that uh, that indeed speaks to the fruit that lasts and you, you know you you it's a lot of challenges throughout the day emails come and uh, bad news comes and and and, fi- and financial decisions come in. make no mistake uh one is not walking around super
1: spiritual all day when you have those responsibilities sometimes right. you react to your emotions right but all of that is to say right if you have a deeply rooted prayer life, a deeply rooted uh, Bible life for me, uh, for me, um, you are always really able to recover because you take those things
3: where uh, you have erred or you have had success, uh, you take those things back into the prayer room uh, in your intimacy with God, not just the prayer room, uh, prayers is sitting right here at a work table uh, when all of you are off this Zoom. Uh, and uh yeah, in my heart or even communicate uh verbally uh with the Lord. So um I, that's the best way I can describe that, but I, I, I am not a a big fan of steps to prayer. <laughs> you know, okay. I big fans don't tell everybody, well, at eight o'clock
1: in the morning, well some mornings I don't pray and I don't pray until eleven. Uh some mornings I get up at three. Uh uh-huh. some mornings at seven. I'm constantly praying. Uh huh. <laughs> so, um,
3: You know and i'm um, in the shower and praying so to me i believe the christian um, and, and what i hope we learn uh, as christians is that uh, there is liberty in the spirit mm-hmm. uh, although there are some things that we are that the lord does
1: with each of us uh, uh, and that's you uh, underscored by his word there are also distinctives that each of us have based on who we are based on our calling and based on uh, some people may be disabled and so they can't get on their knees. And right. You can get on your knees. Right. Uh, so, but the, the key is your heart pressure.
3: Uh, Some of you may not be as familiar with the Bible, and you resist the Bible, and um, and you have to uh, spend a great deal of time with uh, other commentaries or pastors. So I think God works with us all and helps us all to develop a spiritual life. But that is my spiritual life uh, in a nutshell.
1: Mr. President, I want to just say what what an honor and a privilege it is to do life with you. And again, uh we were doing life you know before this Warner connection, and the Lord brought us together here but i'm I'm just honored today, and I just want to recapture what today today you told us about your formation and your calling to higher education. Today, you told us about the disciplines of your own spiritual journey. Today you told us about some of the struggles you've had to have, like other Christian leaders uh, down through history and time. And then today you reminded us that it's really all about Jesus and your love for him. Th- thank you for that. I want to uh, do one, one other thing. We want to pray over you as our president because we know there's a lot on your shoulders. There's a lot we will never know or be privy to have to make those decisions. But you and the Lord will speak, will speak to that. How can we as a university this semester be praying for you. What are one, two, th- one or two things you would like the students, the staff, the faculty to be praying for? And then we're going to have you pray for us and then we're going to pray over you.
3: Uh, that we have a great faith in this community, um, you know, contrary to popular opinion, it is my
2: belief, and I think it's proven out by the Bible, God just doesn't respond to the faith of the leader, I think it's, it uh, goes back to the notion that people will uh, look at, oh, well, you're supposed to do it all, and sit in the back of the book, hands closed, and well. you know? in the back of that boat frowning and, 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 and hoping that it doesn't make it also hinders me, right? Yeah. Because your, your faith doesn't lead you to work. So
3: I would ask that there is prayer for faithfulness in mm. this community, faithfulness to the Lord and faithfulness to his call upon your life and faithfulness to wherever that leads you whether that's here or elsewhere, I think that the most important prayer I would ask for is that there's faithfulness in this community. And then secondly, uh, I would ask for prayers on behalf of you know, really every single family member that's represented in our community, faculty, staff, and students, uh, that they uh, come personally in their own timing. The Bible says that uh, if he be lifted up, uh, that he'll draw all men Him. You know, I personally. Uh, that for individuals particularly in our community or anywhere in this world that one of the greatest or the greatest resource that one can have is the light of Christ Jesus in you as your only hope of glory to help you to help you to overcome the many challenges and tribulations you'll have in this world. So I, I, I would ask that there's prayers constantly for our community of people that they will come into the knowledge of Jesus. I don't assume that. That's the thing. I don't. I don't assume that everyone understands my voice, whether you sign the lifestyle statement or
1: not. Uh, that everyone believes. Yes. And so, in keeping the first prayer request, my prayer is that individuals will come to know Him, and uh, because not because of uh, compulsion, but because I think He's uh, useful. <laughs> and, yes. And, and, Wonderful,
3: and it and, and, and has been sent to, 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 to help us to live uh, a life that's uh, full of his, his, his goodness and His glory.
1: Amen. Would you pray over us at this time? Let's pray.
3: Uh, You're here in the midst, so we believe, uh, uh, Father, through your Son, that uh, the Lord Jesus Christ is present with us. Uh, Father, uh, through your Son, and through the work of your spirit, I ask also that uh, you minister to each and every person under the sound of my voice, whether faculty members, uh, uh, students, external visitors, Mm -hmm. senior administrators, trustees, uh, minister to them to the unique needs that they may have, you said Mm in your word that sometimes there's groanings that are, 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 that we cannot even utter, but the Spirit, Mm -hmm. he knows all things, what's concerning them, he knows their anxieties, he knows their mistrust, he knows their evil needs, uh, he knows their good needs, it's good Mm -hmm. thoughts. he knows all of these things and I'm asking that you will uh, minister to those things and help individuals come to know you more deeply and, and, and more uh, more authentically uh, in mm-hmm. their own way. Mm-hmm. Uh, Father, I ask that you help also to deepen this community's uh, knowledge of you. Yes, that Lord. And your, your word that, uh, that you pray. Uh, your, uh, Paul says that I pray that all of you will be enlightened to mm-hmm. understand the hope of your calling. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and he goes on to continue talking about it, to know the exceeding riches of, uh, rewards that are available to those who believe, to mm-hmm. us who believe. So Father, I'm asking that uh, right now for mm-hmm. those community members who receive it and for those who do not, I still pray for them that where they may need, and that you will continuously draw them not through compulsion, not mm-hmm. through uh, mandatory rituals, but mm-hmm. through a genuine wooing of your spirit in their heart to who you are and your greatness and your glory. Mm -hmm. And Father, um, I just thank you uh, that you will just continuously remove sickness and disease out from the Mm -hmm. midst of us, I believe. And thank you that you will uh, will allow your
1: anointing that's found within your body, uh, meaning the people of God, uh, will
3: continuously uh, fatten us up to destroy any yoke of bondage, uh, sickness, and any Aspect that hinders our lives, yes, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Now, unto you, O oh Lord, say, do exceeding above well. anything I've said or expressed. Uh, yes, Lord, we ask these things and we thank you that you will uh, do those things, yes, and Lord, according to the power that you
1: work in us. Thank you, and Jesus. God, be careful to give you the praise. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you, things. Jesus. Thank you, Brother President. We love you so much. And to all of you who are watching online, our alumni, our board, our faculty, staff, and students, we love you. We believe in you, and we are encouraging and supporting you. Now, before you leave today, we're going to have an announcement video that's going to roll just here shortly. Brother Brady going to play that. But at the end of this time, in order for the students who are watching to receive chapel credit, I'm going to ask you to go into the chat section please put your name first, last, and your student ID. The team is going to capture that information and make sure we log it so that you can get credit for this. And for those of you who say, man, I wish so-and-so was here to hear my president, no fear. This recording is going to be played on a new YouTube channel that we have called Chapel at Warner Pacific.edu, or YouTube rather, Chapel at Warner Pacific. Also, you can follow us now on a new Facebook page, Chapel at Warner Pacific. We also will be placing this on Spotify. So we are finding multiple ways for you to connect with us at this wonderful, wonderful place that God is at work in. Amen. So stay tuned now for a moment of expression and a window to look through with these announcements. Brother Brady. (laughs) I'm <laughs> sad. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Hey, hi, friends. I miss you. It's kind of lonely on campus, but um, really excited to see what the new year brings us. And hopefully after this pause or not pause, but after our distance learning, we'll all be together again. So let's pray and then we'll talk about dismissal and how that will work. Heavenly Father, we just I just thank you so much for your love and for everything that you do for us on a day to day basis, Lord. Thank you for this new year. I just pray that um, we do things with our gifts that you've given us to further glorify your name and to figure out who we want to be as citizens of this world, Lord. Um, I just pray for peace, love, and guidance throughout this new year and throughout this new term. I pray that we finish strong and we remember all the goals and why we're here in the first place, Lord. Lord God, once again, please please be with us. Um, thank you for the message today and thank you for allowing us to see who our president is and allowing us to further engage with him through this online opportunity. Once again, Lord, we love you and we praise you and please be with us. In Christ's name we all pray, amen. So now, if you guys could please Open up your chat box and send your student ID to our host, which is is Brady.